Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open them up to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. During this Christmas season, we are celebrating uh, the Lord Jesus Christ coming. And providentially, even though the choir just sang the song Jesus Is, I want to go ahead and tell you right now the title of the message today is actually titled Jesus Is. That's the title of the message today. Uh, the Lord has led this meeting in the way that he has seen fit. And uh, today we want to talk about uh, how Jesus Christ has been explained in the scriptures And here's what's wonderful. If you have a need, Jesus is the one to fill it. Amen? So Jesus is, Jesus is. And we're going to walk through a prophecy uh, that that was written down many years before Jesus Christ came to the earth as the Messiah. And we'll pick it up in Isaiah chapter, uh, Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 1. And it says this, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past... He humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Are you thankful for the light of Jesus today? On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. By the way, last week, if you missed the message on joy and rejoicing, we talked a lot about this last week. I want to encourage you to go on and go online and listen to that. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot is used in battle, and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fueled for the fire. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. His name, talking about for to us a child is born. That's Jesus Christ. This is prophesying about the Lord Jesus when he came as a little baby. An amazing miracle that God would come and put on the flesh of man. Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. It's a mystery and it is amazing. And here it's describing that who he will be called and what, his, what, what he will be called in the scripture of his nature, that he will be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. As I mentioned earlier, the title of the message is Jesus Is. And the first thing I want to walk through today is that Jesus is the counselor that gives clarity. Jesus is the counselor that gives clarity. And he will be called wonderful counselor. There was, I saw uh, something years, uh, a few years ago, I think it was a Nightline or Dateline or, or 60 Minutes or one of these news shows, they were doing a study on why there were, be, there were so many accidents and the, the odds of an accident became exponential when the driving conditions turned foggy and the visibility of the driving conditions 
became less than. And what they began to realize, you can go research this, is that subconsciously, drivers, when you drivers, when fog begins to settle in, you would think people would go slower, but they found the data shows that most people actually begin to speed up. And part of the reason, they said, has to do with perception, because when you don't see things moving by you fast, quicker, you don't realize that you're actually going a lot faster than you are. And so they were going way faster in a foggy conditions than they, than they were in normal conditions. And I began to think about how that is so relatable to the spiritual reality, where sometimes as Christians, as followers of Jesus, when we can't see, we don't have clear direction, instead of slowing down, Instead of saying, wait a minute, I need to slow down here so I don't make a wrong turn or run into something and, and, and hurt myself, we can actually begin to speed up, make rasher decisions, become quicker, more anxious, and press forward when, we, when that's actually not what we should do. Because if we don't have clarity, how many of you know we can make a lot of wrong decisions? Misdirection can be very costly. Spiritual misdirection, life misdirection we can make major life decisions on things without clarity. And sometimes as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we can end up making decisions in our life when we, almost as if we don't even know that there is a wonderful counselor. Almost as if we have forgotten that God himself stands by ready to give us the clarity that we need. He's called the wonderful counselor. He's the counselor that gives clarity. That's the first thing I want to really talk about for a moment here is that Jesus is, but Jesus gives directional clarity. Jesus gives directional, can we all say directional clarity? Look at here in, in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. It says, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding, then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. So this wonderful progression here is that God is standing by ready to give wisdom, ready to give clarity so that we can begin to walk on the right path. We can walk on the right path. By the way, the, the, the understanding is, is not only do, can we walk on the right path, but even as good meaning Christians, we could actually walk on the wrong path. This incredible mystery that we serve a sovereign God, yet we do have this free will, and he allows us to take steps in our life that could be less than desirable and less than his will. God wants to give us directional clarity. Maybe you're here this morning, and maybe you're moving into December in January 2017, and there's some big decisions that you're ready to make. Decisions that could really impact your entire life. And that if you, if you go down this door, it's going to lead you here. Versus if you go down this way, it's going to lead you here. I, I remember I had one of my biggest moments in my life was when I was standing at the crossroads of going to uh, either going full-time Christian ministry or going full-time in the military. I was right at the precipice for, for quite some time. And I was trying to get into a variety of different ministry schools, and I, I ended up applying to a school called the Citadel, which I was in South Carolina. It was a very prestigious military institute, and, and I tried to get into Moody Bible Institute, and I got turned down two times, and part of it is a whole different story. I'll tell you why later, and it's just, I don't have time for that. But the point is, it took me three rounds to get in. I finally got in, and, but at the same time, when I finally got into the school for ministry, I also got into the school for the military, and I was at this point where I was like, I know that this decision will impact the rest of my life. And I don't want to be five years down the road or a decade down the road and need to double back. 
I mean, you know, doubling back in God can be very costly. And it was this moment where I'm like, God, I need directional clarity. How many of you have been there before? You need directional clarity from the Lord. Amen? So let me paint a picture for you also that kind of will help illustrate this. Uh, When I was a young guy, um, a young kid, uh, my parents, uh, we we grew up here in south suburbs of Chicago. Uh, My grandparents lived in South Carolina. And so every couple years, we would, we would take these uh, Christmas Eve road trips. They would, we would pack all the kids in the car, and we would drive through the night. And it was always a really fun and exciting time. And uh, if you know the route down to the southeast, typically you have to take I-65 through Indianapolis. And as a little kid, that four-hour trip was just torturous, all right? This cornfield, cornfield, cornfield. And by the way, this is before, like, all the electronic devices, you know, we... You had paper books. We all know what those still are, right? You know, we had books, and we, had, it, we didn't have all the media, so it was just like almost many times just sitting, staring out the window. But I remember that the trip took a turn for the better most of the time when we hit the city of Louisville, Kentucky, which is right on the border of Indiana and Kentucky because I, we knew that it was no longer flat land. Now the trip was going to become a little bit more exciting. Now, there was this scene that I was remembering recently and it was, it, was, it was nighttime, and I would, I would, me and my sisters, my brother would be sleeping. I'd wake up, and I would see my, 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 my mom, would, my dad would be driving, and they would have, it would be all dark, and they'd have the little pilot light on, and my mom would have the Atlas. How many of you guys remember that ran uh, with that McKinley, McNally, Atlas? This is before GPS and Google. And by the way, I remember before the Atlas came out when they had all the fold-up maps, and you had to, like, rifle through to get which state you were in. And so when they put them all together, that was a big deal. So anyway, I remember they're pulling this up. And, and I remember the intensity in the car started to ramp up a little bit. They're like, come on, the exit's coming up. Because we got to this exit that I don't know how it happened, but it felt like almost every time we were on this road trip, we missed our exit. Okay? Look, I have a picture of it for you to kind of even show you. This, it was a, it's a complicated uh, exchange. So you're coming off 64, and you're pulling to the right. And the reason why we would always miss it is because it would be dark. So you can imagine it being dark. But it would be this exit here. But then right there, about 100, 150, 150, 100 feet down, was another immediate uh, uh, split. So if you go to the next picture, you see, okay, so you get off the right one, but now you have the split. And I remember back, they took it down, but right in the middle, there used to be one of those yellow signs that has the arrows pointing like this. And I always had this picture in my mind. And then they had the garbage cans. I thought we were going like, to always crash right in the middle. Because like, which way are you going? Left or right? My mom and dad's like, it's right. It's left. It's le-. And I'm thinking, we do this every year. You know, can, can, we get, can we get this? But it was this kind of stressful moment of which direction. And it, from time to time, we would miss the exit. And you see, that's 64 West. We'd be going to St. Louis. And we're supposed to go to Lexington, and, and if you, you know if you've taken a wrong turn before, sometimes you get off, and it takes 20 to 30 minutes to double back and to find, you know, where you're going to, and this is before GPS, and you had to figure out your path, and, and so making the wrong turn, it would cost you time, it would cost you gas, okay, it would cost you, you know, you'd become frustrated. So that's just a picture of driving, but the picture of life can be very similar. Sometimes we can even come up to very similar crossroads, but we still need directional clarity from the Lord. It's very dangerous to assume direction, okay? Because God may have wanted you to go right in 2014, but in 2017, you may come to a similar situation. He may say, no, 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 this year I want you to go left. 
because he's the master and we're the servants. How many can say amen? He's the Lord and we need to be, we need to say, God, would you give us your clarity? You're the wonderful counselor. He's the wonderful counselor that will give clarity. Maybe you've already made some big decisions and you don't have clarity. Can I tell you, it's never too late to just stop and say, God, I need fresh clarity. Just don't speed up. Just hit the brakes and stop. Sometimes you need to pause. Don't rush into major decisions. If you ever feel pressured to make a major decision and you don't have clarity, you need to stop. So pause and take a step back and say, God, would you give me your clarity? He's the wonderful counselor. Jesus gives directional clarity. He gives us clarity on the big things. But now here's what's cool. What's really great is that Jesus not only gives us direction, clarity directionally and on the big things, Jesus also gives us situational clarity, situational clarity. Verse 10, so we just went through verse 9, but verse 10 says, For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. So there's this, let me, let me pause here for a second. One of the keys to strong Christian living, to being led by the Spirit, is, is not just the ability to receive from God in a corporate environment like this, to not just be able to receive from God when it's convenient and whenever, when the table is set, but it's the ability to receive what I call on-the-spot grace. Meaning, right there in the moment. You're standing at work, you're standing in your kitchen, you're driving your car, you're on your computer, you're on the telephone, you're in the heat of your day, you're in the heat of battle, and right there in that moment, you're able to receive from God. How many of you ever received from God in the moment, right? Isn't it wonderful? How many of you wish there were more times you received from God in the moment? Okay, we all do, right? Sometimes we, we don't, we like, oh, I gotta get to the prayer meeting, or I gotta... I'll wait till I get home to deal with that. Sometimes you can't wait till you get home to deal with it. Sometimes we need on-the-spot grace. Sometimes we need on-the-spot clarity. Right there in that situation, we need clarity from the Lord. And here's the promise. The promise is that when we ask of the Lord, the Lord will give, give us wisdom and it will enter our heart. He'll give us the knowledge that we need in the moment. Right there in the moment, situational clarity. One of my friends was, called me the other day. He said, I need you to pray for me. And this is what I'm talking about, situational clarity. He said, I'm literally about ready to go into a meeting. He, um, something happened at school uh, with his son. And he's a, he's a friend of mine and he's a man of God. And he said, I need clarity. I don't know what to do. I, really, I have to go and I have to talk to this teacher um, what had, long story short, one of the teachers at this school had missed, I don't want to say lie, but was not being honest about something that happened to his son in the classroom. His son came home with blood on his shirt, and the teacher said it was a marker, but it sure wasn't a marker, it was blood, okay? And so as a parent, you could recognize, you know, now he's, a, you know, he's not trying to panic. He's like, I got to go in here, and I got to get to the bottom of this. And so he walks in, and, and he, he said, I need you to pray for me, because I got to talk with the principal, and I got to talk with the teacher, he, he happens to be a pastor, by the way, not here at another church. And, you know, so he's thinking, you know, I, I got I to gotta maintain the testimony of Jesus. You know, I, I've got to, you know, I've got to 
be, a, be I, have to, I have to do, there's all these different variables. They know he's a pastor of this other church, and, you know, like, oh, the pastor went off on the principal. You know, he didn't want that, and, you know, he's just like, but he's, but he's a dad, you know, he's a father. He's like, why is my kid bleeding, and why didn't you, why did you lie to me, or didn't you lie? You can understand, it was, com- and it was complex. There was a lot of things at play. He said, I need clarity from the Spirit of God. I need situational clarity, situational wisdom. Maybe you're about ready to go into a major, major business deal. You need clarity from the Lord. One of the other brothers told me a while back that, that this, he was at a lunch meeting and another businessman came to him with a proposal and with an offer and was, was, was wanting to say, hey, you need to buy into this. You need to invest some money in this, in this company. And he said, something didn't feel right about it. And, I, and I, I, he was kind of pressuring me to make a decision, he said, but I didn't have clarity. And I told him, I'm sorry, I got, you know, I got to pray about this. And lo and behold, the Lord gave him clarity not to move forward. About, I think it was almost 60, 90 days later, the whole deal fell apart, okay? So God gives clarity for business dealings. God gives clarity for relationships. How many of you, if you've been married, if you're married here before, um, we, we won't have to say amen to this, but you, if, sometimes as married couples, you can actually be arguing or working through a challenge that you may even work through it for an hour or a couple of hours or days, and then when you get to the end, you realize you're actually talking about the wrong thing, okay? Can I get a witness? Amen, Pastor. Man. You're like, did we just spend a week dealing with this, and that really is not even the issue? Wasted time, energy, efforts. God, give us clarity on what's actually happening right now. If you're raising teenagers, this is a big deal, okay? When you raise teenagers... You need the wonderful counselor to give you real on-the-spot wisdom. You want to know why? They might not be able to wait 48 hours for that talk. Okay? Do not delay important talks with your children. Say, well, we'll talk about that next week. Some, the li- a week in the life of a teenager is like a year sometimes. And the amount of decisions that they can make in that week could actually affect the rest of their life. Okay? So, don't delay, but you can pray and say, God, I need wisdom. And the promise, if you could put that up there again, here is the promise. In the situation, in the moment, the wonderful counselor will give you the clarity and the wisdom that you need. Jesus Christ is the wonderful counselor. By the way, he's the wonderful counselor, meaning he'll give you the clarity, and you know what will happen? You'll stand back, and you'll stand in wonder, saying, oh, my goodness, that came from God. Lord, you are amazing. And someone say, oh, you're so good at raising your kids. You say, no, it's not that I'm good at raising my kids. It's that the wonderful counselor is good at raising my kids. They say, you're a great employee. You say, no, can I tell you, it's the wonderful counselor who's given me the wisdom and understanding. They might say, oh, you're such good at this. And we could say, no, I'm not taking credit or glory for it. I'm going to give glory to the wonderful, the one who really should have all of the wonder and all of the glory. He is Jesus Christ. Can we put our hands together for the wonderful counselor? today. Wonderful counselor. So Jesus is the counselor that gives clarity. And then secondly, he's the the everlasting father, the Bible says. He's the father that fills the void. Jesus is the father that fills the void. The Bible talks about him as an everlasting father, as an everlasting father. 
Father. It's no secret and it's no mystery um, that we live in a time when um, many, many men and women have grown up in fatherless situations. Now, part of it, uh, there's a variety of fatherless situations. Sometimes it's a father who was literally absent. Sometimes it was with a father who might have been abusive. Sometimes it was maybe with a father who was present physically, but absent emotionally. Sometimes it was you had a father and your father passed away and he wasn't there anymore. I have some friends of mine who that's the case. And I heard one, one, uh, one, one worship leader, one uh, Christian worship leader, she said it like this. She said, you know, many of us are, deal with father issues because really at the end of the day, just like mothers, all men really are broken. There's no such thing as a perfect father. And so even if you have a great, you know, Christian father, there are areas that even he can't meet. Only the everlasting father can meet them. But what happens, whatever spectrum of fatherhood you might be in, there could be, what can happen is, is that a void can be created in the heart. Because God created us that we would have fathers that could speak words of life, that could speak words of affirmation, that could speak words of love and comfort and security. Maybe you've never heard your dad say, I love you. Maybe you've never heard the words, I'm proud of you. Maybe the only thing you've heard is you're not good enough. Or why can't you be like your brother or your sister? You might hear nothing but negativity. Maybe you have been abused by your father. Whatever the case might be, we, the, the amazing thing is that Jesus Christ was described as the everlasting father. And I don't, I don't believe that there has been a generation that has walked the earth that needed this promise more than we do today. The home is more fractured now than it has ever been before. I praise God for, for the fact that we as followers of Jesus Christ, we are, what, what we were, the, the years that the locusts have eaten, the Lord is redeeming that. And we have incredible men who are breaking the cycle of fatherlessness, who are saying, God, I, I didn't have a father, but God, you're going to help me to be the father to my children. Amen. He's doing that. But nonetheless, there's these voids that can be, can be there. But thousands of years ago, the Lord knew that you would be here in December of 2016 with maybe a void when it comes to your dad. And in 2016, the Lord wrote this, this understanding that Jesus Christ will be called the everlasting father. Now, he could have just said father, but he said everlasting father because he's a father that never changes. He's a father that will always be there. He's a father that will never, ever, ever let us down. And that void that is there, he's the one who says, listen, I want to come to fill the void of fatherlessness. And maybe you're a dad here today and you find yourself somewhat handicapped when it comes to even raising your children because you feel like you didn't have a model and maybe when you look back you don't you don't feel confident or strong or assured of the fact that you're going to parent your kids correctly because you didn't have that model behind you 
The promise for you today is that even if your earthly father wasn't the model of what it meant to be a father to your children, every day you have access to the everlasting father. And he's the perfect father. And he will teach you how to raise your sons. He will teach you how to raise your daughters. Maybe you're a single mom here today and you feel that your children are going to be less than because they don't have a present father. I want to tell you today that that is not the case because the heavenly father will use you and he will help you raise them that they will grow and they don't have to grow lacking, but they can grow and become strong men and women of God because they literally have an everlasting father. Don't believe the lie that says, well, your kids are going to be less than because they don't have a present dad. No, that's not the case. Jesus Christ came to the earth to fill the void of fatherlessness. He came to fill that gap. And as a single mom, maybe you're trying to fill the gap of their father. You don't have to fill the gap of their father. The Lord's not even asking you to fill that gap. Let the Lord fill that gap. And a little tidbit, by the way, maybe you have a teenage son, because what happens with single moms sometimes is these, these young guys can start to get to a point, and they, when they start to get even big, they can start to feel that, that, they're, that they can maybe push their mom around a little bit. Two things, if that's ever the case, come and talk to me. We'll help you out. Okay. <laughs> One side. We have a lot of men of God here in this church that actually help our single moms, and we'll talk to the young man. But also, appeal to the authority of the Heavenly Father. You tell that young man, listen, you think you don't have to listen to me? There is a, there, God is watching. And even if I can't help you, there is a heavenly father who's going to help you. Okay, you can appeal to even the authority of the everlasting father. So today, maybe there's a void on whatever level. He's the father that fills the void of fatherlessness. And then lastly here, and we're going to pray in a moment here. Not only is he is the father who, he's the father that fills the void of, Jesus fills the void of fatherlessness. Jesus fills the void of lost loved ones. And this is, I know this is a little bit of a somber thing, but it, I, I've been praying that this is going to minister very deeply to some here today. Christmas can be very hard for many because when you sit around the table and you're opening gifts or you're with your family, and friends, you can look and you can see an empty chair. And somebody's missing. You've lost somebody this year. I heard in the last service there was a young girl, one of our college students, who literally on Tuesday her dad passed away. Thinking about this Christmas, it's going to be very difficult. Her dad happens to live on the other side of the world. She's a foreign exchange student and trying to find a way to get there to him. But This is very real. Maybe you just lost somebody days ago. Maybe you lost somebody years ago. What what happens is when you lose a loved one, it creates a void. There's a part of the heart that it's, it's, it's like, what do I do with that? Now in the world, the world will look to things to fill the void. Alcohol, partying, relationships, money, busyness. Busy, 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 busy. I don't want to see even sit. Sometimes Christmas is supposed to be a time of rest and, be, and just relaxing and dialing it down. Some people dial it up so fast because they don't, want to be able, they don't want to deal with the void that they feel. I have a friend of mine who I was talking to a couple weeks ago. No, I'm sorry. It was actually a couple months ago, a month, month and a half ago, having breakfast with them. And 
And uh, I said, how you doing? He said, I'm, I'm pretty good, you know. He said, but, man, I had a hard week. I said, what happened? He said, you know, I, uh, this friend of mine, I have a couple of friends like this, actually, and some family members. Is one of, he, he served in the armed services, and he lost some, love, he lost some brothers in arms in battle, some fallen comrades. And he said, you know, it's been a handful of years, and recently I kind of woke up in the middle of the night. I had had a dream about the ones that I lost, and he said, it's like their faces were just right in front of me, and they were so real. It was like I could almost touch them. And he said, I, when I woke up, I kind of, I felt, I, he said, I, I was so aware that they were missing. I was so aware of the void. And he said, you know, I, I'm kind of discouraged by that. And I said, why are you discouraged? He said, well, and he's a man of God. He said, I've been serving the Lord for a while now, and I feel like I should have kind of moved, moved on from this or gotten stronger through this. And I, and I kind of stopped. I said, bro, I said, brother, listen, when you lose somebody, especially in combat, because in battle what happens is, is, you know, they're there and then they're gone. You don't even have time to say goodbye many times. I said, when you're in that moment, I, I, I said, you've lost somebody and there's a hole there. I said, but God doesn't look down from heaven and, and say, what's wrong with you? Why do you feel it? Why is there a hole in your heart? God doesn't look down and he's not looking down on you today saying, hey, why are you feeling this missing piece? No, he knows. And I want to share something with you real quickly. Do you know that Jesus is very, very acquainted with loss? One of the most amazing pictures in the Bible is when God himself cried. When Jesus wept, there's a story where he lost one of his friends for the sake of time. I'm not going to put it up. But there was, Jesus lost one of his friends named Lazarus. And the Bible says that Jesus went to Lazarus' graveside and he was so deeply moved and troubled that Jesus himself cried tears of sorrow. Jesus wept. And maybe sometimes when you lose somebody close to you, you're, you're in such grief and pain, you're like, does anybody even understand this? Well, there's one person who does, Jesus Christ. The Lord understands. And you know, Jesus Christ, when he lost Lazarus, remember, he lost his brother because they were brothers in the kingdom. He not only lost his brother, he lost a friend. But we have to remember, Jesus, who's God who actually created, he, he created Lazarus as the creator. He lost one of his children. So he's, he's acquainted with all different kinds of loss. He's a man of sorrows. He's acquainted with this. And today, here's the thing. Here's what I told my, my friend. I said, listen, bro. I said, you're, because you, you follow Jesus and you're a Christian and the Lord lives in your heart, here's what's amazing is that even though you have a void and you have a hole, the everlasting Father can come. Jesus himself will come and he will fill that void of the lost loved one. He will come to your heart and he will wrap his arms around you and he's the only one that can fill the void. And Jesus is not asking you to move on from it or get over it, but what he is asking is he's saying, let me come and bring the peace that only I have. Let me bring the comfort. Let me come and fill that place. Only God can fill the void of lost loved ones. Maybe you've been looking to family members or relationships or looking to other things to fill the void. It will never fill the void, but the Lord is the one who will come and he can fill that void of those that you've lost. This Christmas season, it is my prayer for you 
Let this not be a season of deep mourning, even though that happens. But maybe you're feeling the hole. It's okay to feel mourning and to feel the pain, absolutely. But don't just stop there. Don't just simmer there. Don't, don't spit out into some dark place. Take that void and say, Jesus, there is no one else for me. There is none like Jesus. All my delight is in you, God. God, would you come and would you fill this heart, fill my heart, oh God. Come with your comfort. Come with your love, Lord Jesus. That's the prayer today. Do you need clarity from the wonderful counselor today? Do you need clarity for direction? Do you need clarity for your situation? Do you need a void? Is there something that you need the everlasting Father that you need the Lord himself to come and fill? I wanna pray today the Lord would do this. Jesus, we thank you today that you are our hope, that you are our strength, that you are our shelter, that you are our shepherd, that you are our shield and comforter and counselor, that you are, oh God, the everlasting Father, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor. We thank you, Jesus, that we can look to you today, Lord, when there's nowhere else to turn. But Lord, there's nowhere else that we would rather turn because all of our delight is truly in you. God, in you we find everything that we need. So, Lord, we run under your shadow today. We run into the secret place of the Most High to receive peace from the Prince of Peace and instruction from the one that counsels us. We thank you, Lord, that you truly satisfy our longing souls and fill our hungry souls with good things. Lord, when the enemy would try to tempt us with the vices of the world, would you remind us, even at our lowest point, God, that you satisfy us completely, thoroughly, eternally. You love us with an everlasting love that many waters cannot quench. Lord, and we open up our hearts today to invite that love afresh. We thank you, Jesus, for being the lover and keeper of our souls. And we know, Lord, that they couldn't be in any better hands. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We depend upon you, and we place our trust in you today, Jesus. We love you and thank you in your name. Amen. Let's put our hands together and praise the Lord. Fresh clarity and him filling us in a new way. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this wonderful morning in your presence. And Lord, send us now with traveling mercy and grace. And may this communion that we have continue throughout the day and throughout this week. We love you, we bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's praise him one last time this morning. Hallelujah.